Should Kingdom Hearts copy Final Fantasy XV? We're talking about that and much more on this exciting episode of Kingdom Hearts Union! Hi everyone, and welcome to the 93rd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. How's it going, Churro? I've been working since I got back from the Uncovered Final Fantasy 15 event, and yeah. I am not fully recovered from it yet. So I can I can like imagine. Dopey. It seemed like you had a lot of fun. You were amongst greatness, for sure. A lot of greatness. Yes, and that's a <laughs> memory I will cherish for the rest of my life. Absolutely. I cannot believe I was sitting like directly across the aisle from Yoko Shimomura and in front of her was Yoshitaka Amano and in front of him it was Hironobu Sakaguchi. And I actually noticed in the picture you posted you missed one guy and it was Takeshi Nozue, the uh, movie director who's doing uh, King's Glaive. But not only that, but he was the movie director that cut his teeth on Kingdom Hearts. He was the Kingdom Hearts movie director and he was that uh, animation director that I kept talking about on the deep dive stream. So you you were amongst so much greatness there. Wow, I'm jealous. Like the only person that would have completed it was obviously Tetsuya Nomura, but yeah, he Tetsuya wasn't Nomura there. or if Nobuo Uematsu could have been in there in person, that would have helped. Yeah, would have been helped too. It would have been nice uh, if they got all all of them there just to show that you know. Yeah, they all worked on this. Game. I. St- I still really, oh man, I still really hope one day we'll see Nomura and Hajime Tabata like shake hands one day because it's like it, it clearly was not Tabata's idea to move Nomura off the project, but it still feels like he might still be a little bit salty about it. And I want to see some like, I want to see some sort of, sort of show of faith that no, everything's still good. But if everything's not still good, I hope it becomes good so that we can see that everything is good now. I don't just know. I, like, just, I just hope there's peace. Peace at Square Enix. Be peaceful. Love each other. You guys are awesome. I love yes. all of you. Yeah, it does. I don't want no inner animosity between anybody. Uh, we you don't know. need I no want... politics, no strife. Let's have peace and love, baby. Let's just make games. It's exactly cool. let's just make games anyway for you new folks kingdom hearts union is part of the podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union and is presented by the gaming union network we release every tuesday rotating each week with final fantasy union and we come out on the itunes store kingdom hearts union.com youtube.com slash kh union bids and kingdom hearts ultimania's twitter which you can follow at kh ultimania Alrighty, so we have a three segment show today first we got news Second, we have our featured discussion. Should Kingdom Hearts copy Final Fantasy XV's business strategy? If if you guys listened to our little pre-intro thing where I was sort of saying, should it copy Final Fantasy XV? That was was our little uh, clickbait title. This is the real one. Should Kingdom Hearts copy Final Fantasy XV's business strategy? We're going to talk about that. And... Uh, lastly, for our third segment, we have questions. In the way of announcements, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are Christian Burge, William Trengrove, who on Twitter is at Varnus the Azure. We have Tiger Crane, who is at Paupu Milkshake. 
Erwin Velez, Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero. We have Skylar Lovelace, uh, Michael Graham, Zach Duranto, who is at ZDuranto58. We have Chris Vallant, who is at Moosehead Studios. Uh, we have Harley Crowley, who is at DarkZTOkami, and Churro. Could you take the rest of these? We got Peter Lamb, Thorin Bolin, Alex Troutman. You can find him on Twitter on at Kira Nangin, Manny Franks, at like underscore Peyton, Keith Field, at the Mighty Keith, Billy Jackson, at underscore Billy Jackson, Mike Shirley Donnelly, at the Curious, at Curious Quail, Joni Oja, at Diacor for Life, and Mohammed Quayam. Alrighty. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. And if you guys want us to talk about what you guys want to talk about, send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And catch us on the Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive stream every Yay. Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Or every other Saturday, rather. So every other Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch. Uh, this next one is this Saturday, April 9th, uh, which is the same week that this podcast release. Uh, we are uh, Twitch TV slash KH Union. We're currently playing Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. And on next stream, we're going to be playing through uh, Neverland. And I think we're going to knock out all of the Winnie the Pooh stuff because uh, we're getting real close. We're getting close to the end. I'm thinking we're going to finish Kingdom Hearts very soon. Yay. I'm excited. So uh, if you don't know Kingdom Hearts Union, the deep dive stream, the way we play is we go in a deep dive into the story. We explain every single story, every plot point. We want to get you guys caught up for Kingdom Hearts 3. So, you know, we do a very deep dive into the story. So if if there's ever anything about Kingdom Hearts that you weren't sure about as far as the story goes, come join with us, hang out. And uh, we'll talk about anything that you guys want to talk about. We do take questions for the chat, kind of similar to how we do on the podcast. But we also talk about the story of the game as we're playing it. So if you think that sounds awesome, come to Twitch TV slash KHUnion, April 9th, 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Because we have switched over to Daylight Time, if you didn't know already. So yes, please join us. Be there or be Square Enix. Maybe that could be our official... (laughs) official tagline catchphrase catchphrase anyway now for the news the first thing not actually news (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry news of the news part it's not actually not actually news i'm kind of stretching it so we can have actually some news in here to pad it out a little bit so first thing i want to cover is that we just had a bunch of anniversaries march is like anniversary heaven exactly march is like kingdom hearts month because there are just so many anniversaries, so I'm going to run through some of these. So first anniversary, Kingdom Hearts 1, Japanese release, 14 years. It, Kingdom Hearts 1 is as old as Sora was in Kingdom Hearts 1. That's Boom. scary. That is scary. A, jo- a child born when Kingdom Hearts 2, or Kingdom Hearts 1 came out, a child born when Kingdom Hearts 1 came out would be as old as Sora. Boom. That's amazing. Mic drop. Kingdom Hearts 2, North American release, 10 years. Decade. Man, it's it been was... 10 years since Kingdom Hearts 2 came out here in North America. I remember when it came out. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, it was... 
It's unbelievable. I remember I actually have a scar to prove it. Well, not really. Not to prove it, but I have a scar from playing Kingdom Hearts 2. Don't ask how it happened, but it happened. Uh, I I actually want to know. Okay, so I'll tell you real quick. So apparently my bed was super old at the time. A spring popped out of it, and I didn't know. And I was sort of like lying on my stomach on the bed playing Kingdom Hearts 2 because my TV was in front of my bed. So I was playing it, and then I sort of like slid to get off and i slid on this spring that was popping out the like pointy end of it and it cut this deep cut into my knee and i still have the scar to this day i got battle scars from kingdom hearts man i'm i'm that hardcore guys that's that's hey, the level bread and, bread and bled with. for kingdom hearts i bled for kingdom hearts that's the level you're dealing with on kingdom hearts union support us on patreon anyway <laughs> anyway kingdom hearts union uh, kingdom hearts 2 final mix Jap- Japanese release nine years. God, so man, it's a it's, it's, almost, in, a lot of it's interesting to see ten years now. It's know? interesting to see the Kingdom Hearts final mix. It only took them a year, but like when you consider how much effort was put into it, because when we're talking about Kingdom Hearts two final mix, you got to remember this was Kingdom Hearts two final mix plus, which also included Rechain of Memories, which means the Osaka team who who their first uh, Kingdom Hearts project was Rechain of Memories. They knocked out Rechain of Memories in a year. That's insane. Like when you consider that they did a complete remake of the game. None of the original Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories is in this. They started from scratch. That's nuts. That is like, nuts. You know, it, it makes me happy because when Nomura got interviewed, he always talked about having a trump card. Yeah, and that trump and card that turned was... out to be Rechain of Memories. That was big, and like the fact that it was included in Final Mix, just boom—you get a you get a full game extra. That's nuts. At least uh, North America got it, but I feel bad for Europe because they never got it. True, until one, true. Until one point five came out. Yeah. Well, now now the universe is at peace. Everybody has it, so that's the good news. Yep. All right. Next next dates: Kingdom Hearts 3D, the Japanese release, four years old. So it's Man, getting it's... up there unbelievable yeah four years and just by the end of the year we're gonna be well theoretically by the end of the year we'll be playing it in hd finally yeah speaking of hd kingdom hearts hd remix 1.5 japanese release three years old except that one was on a slightly different date that came out white day white day of uh 20 uh 2013 so that was uh three march 14th so, so you could have celebrated White Day by giving somebody 1.5. Yeah, and we've we even said that on the podcast that uh, came out around that time. I have good memory. Oh man, we've been doing this podcast for a while, Cheryl. We're getting old. I'm ready. Anyway, old. <laughs> you're already old. I'm getting there. Anyway, uh, now on for the real kind of news-ish part Random-ish of our news, news. segment. <laughs> Random-ish news. So speaking of the anniversaries for the 14th anniversary of kingdom hearts in honor of it uh tetsuya nomura uh let the twitter the whoever handles the twitter on uh on kingdom hearts at kingdom hearts he let him know hey i want to i want to show people what's going on what we're developing right now and he released a screenshot and it was a screenshot of daybreak town from kingdom hearts 2.8 whoa Yay! And it looks beautiful. Whoa! 
Except some so... people, some people are saying it looks kind of drab and dull. And it, what I—I I mean, they—they they, they, there there is some points to that. Yes, yeah. there's. I won't. I won't even say just some points. They're completely right. Yes, it does look drab and dull. But I do want to say, just to reassure people, as an Unreal Engine four developer, or at least someone who's worked in Unreal Engine four quite heavily, I can tell you, looking at that screenshot, you don't even need to tell me tell me nothing about it. Instantly, I already know. It's using default Unreal Engine four lighting settings. How do I know? Because I've set up a bazillion scenes in Unreal Engine four, and that's exactly how the light looks when you're just using the default lighting in there without adjusting any of the post-processing, without adjusting really much at all. If I had to say, and this is going to get a little technical, I'm going to say they're using one directional light for the sun. They're using a skylight to add a little bit of a, add a little bounce light. It might even be using the image that you see in the sky as the lighting uh, for the bounce light, and that's it. They're not adjusting the saturation of the scene. They're not adjusting any of the post-processing, no color grading, no nothing. So this is like as bare bones a scene as you can see. Don't worry, it will not look that that in the final game in 2.8 at all. This is as default as you can get. To me, if you, if you ask me what happened, uh, Tetsuya Nomura was, you know, told that, hey, by the way, you know, it's a 14-year anniversary, and, and basically he probably thought, oh, you know, we should show our our progress update and i would imagine that the development staff probably wasn't ready to show this but you know for the occasion you know they showed what they do have right now and it is this so don't worry it's not going to look like that if you want to know what kingdom hearts 3 can look like and 2.8 watch the d23 trailer and you can see what it looks like after they polish it up and adjust all those settings that i was talking about before so don't worry. And you, and you better listen to Brandon. He knows what he's talking listen about. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about with this stuff. This is a... This, uh, uh, when, this is a game, son. When there's reason to panic, I will let you know. I will let you know. And as someone who's worked in Unreal Engine 4 before, this is not reason to panic. This, this looks to me like a textbook case of it's in the middle of development. So no worries at all. And... The fact that Kingdom, the Kingdom Hearts team has already proven that they can handle doing stylized graphics in Unreal Engine 4 as evidence in the E3 trailer, as evidence in the D23 trailer, there's nothing to worry about. Don't worry about it. It's going to look awesome. This is, just, this is just a demonstration that, hey, look, the model's done. This is not a demonstration of, hey, look, the post-processing is terrible. That's not what they're trying to show. So don't worry. I know... It, it, it's not something that really comes off. It's not the best foot forward. It's not the best thing to show. But hey, that's what they showed. That's what they have now. And they got to celebrate it on the 28th because, you know, you only have one day to be the anniversary. So you got to show something. Anyway, so that's pretty much our news. Not much. You know, it's it, it's it's kind of it's kind of bare bones right now because, uh, as you might know, it's the year of Final Fantasy 15. Speaking of which. On to our featured discussion. So, our topic for this show is... Should Kingdom Hearts copy Final Fantasy XV's business strategy? So, Churro, do you think Kingdom Hearts should release several canon properties, not all of them necessarily being games, within a single year, but release them less frequently than a yearly cycle? Or would you rather it stick to a yearly release strategy like it's been doing this whole time? but only release one thing a year. 
So just to, just to be it's, clear, for those who don't know, I think we should do a quick recap of what yeah, what the Final Fantasy should, 15 we're talking about. Yeah, so what the Final Fantasy 15 business strategy is right now, basically they have this whole idea of like, like if you imagine a cinematic universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how they have all these different properties, these movies, these comic books, all these things that tie together. That's kind of what Final Fantasy 15 is going for. They're releasing Final Fantasy 15 the game. They've got Kingsglaive Final Fantasy 15 the movie, full-length feature movie. We've got uh, Brotherhood Final Fantasy 15, a five uh five part anime series and we've got uh summon monsters 5 it's a ios game related to final fantasy 15 that's a mini game that's in final fantasy 15 and then finally the fifth tier of that is the platinum demo which also came out so these are five different properties related to final fantasy 15 and they're all coming out in 2016 so with that in mind, True, could you imagine Kingdom Hearts approaching things like that? Like, what if, like, here's a good example. What if Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories came out the same year as Kingdom Hearts 2, but instead of it being a game, it was like a manga? Or if it was, uh, or if it was a movie? What if Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories was a movie? Uh, you know, maybe a 30-minute short movie, short film, and you watch that, and that's Chain of Memories, and then, oh, boom, there's Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 2. Like, what, how would you have felt, like, with that instead of a game, you know, uh, almost two years prior to release? I don't know. It was just a year. I mean, if you're talking to the old me back in the day, yeah, <laughs> I probably would have wanted it, you know, because it's a new Kingdom Hearts thing that expands the story. Yeah. But um, it, it's just weird because, like, looking back at all the things that we've learned, you know, from, like, canceled uh animated series to a canceled yeah. mobile game you know mm-hmm. it seems that like they they were trying to do they're trying something to do similar, it yeah but like <laughs> exactly. you know but the my only problem with Ke- with kingdom hearts is just with disney yeah you know it's it, it will always come to disney it will be first disney and last disney so basically um i would it, personally i would love to have them like you know have released canon properties like different you know types mm-hmm. but you know it's kind of hard to you know say you know really yes i want that because um because because once you have your fill all you do is gonna want more and then once you have yeah. once you have too much you know then you might become like a little overwhelmed with it you know exactly especially exactly. when you have too much in one say for example if like four different things are released in one year but then yeah. you have to wait like two, three years for something else. Yeah. You know, that's a long wait versus well, here's, one, year, one thing one each year, you know? Here's here's another maybe take on it. Okay, so let's say in a single year they start up and conclude a storyline and then you don't get anything else for three years. So let's say, for example, uh, uh, Birth by Sleep, 358 over 2, and recoded. uh and recoded let's say those all came out in the same year but they maybe weren't all video games maybe only one of them was a video game maybe it was just birth by sleep and then uh 358 over 2 was like i don't know uh an anime and uh recoded was just a cell phone game like it, or coded was just a cell phone game like it always was and and boom there there's your there's your three properties and let's say uh you know uh one of them came out first, like the anime comes first, and then 
Uh, and then Birth by Sleep comes second. Boom, the big game. And then boom, we got the mobile game that's going to tide you over to, you know, the climax, which will be Dream Drop Distance. And maybe that's at the end of the year. I don't know. Like, w- what if it was something like that and it completed the storyline or that mini, or not necessarily the storyline of that saga, but like just that arc, that, that entire story arc. Kind of like how Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts 2 are connected. Mm-hmm. All three of those games are connected. So you could have these like cells of just the arc and boom, that that you got one year and it's the entire arc of that arc. And then, you know, the next season of Kingdom Hearts is going to be like in another three years. And, you know, it'll probably end on a cliffhanger, but it, you, you at least got a full story out of it. Like, do you think that would be good? Do you like the whole transmedia idea? Would you rather it always be games? See, that's that's very tough because um, we're so used to how it is right now. It's yeah, like, because basically <laughs> they've been doing it once, for fourteen years. <laughs> yeah, fourteen years, and we've been doing. And plus, we've been having at least one release. You know, one release a year so exactly. far, exactly except for last year. So. Having fourth, like I said, having fourth, like four or five things, like you just said, in one year, but then wait for three years for, you know, that basically yeah. that's, that's three years of nothing. You know, I'd rather have something each year than have, you know, a, like a few years of nothing. Well, actually, honestly, I feel like that's how it is now that it's been three years of nothing since 2013, because uh, all we've been getting for the most part has been re-releases all we've been getting are remixes so right so basically it's it would feel similar to what it is now where we're not really getting games you know that i mean technically there's key but like other than that like we're not really getting games right now it it has been quiet so so basically you're saying if you take away the remixes then it'll be like it's nothing yeah right now so imagine you know the gap between uh kingdom hearts 3 three's announcement and you know let's let's assume 2.8 releases at the end of the year and then that's the gap you would have to deal with before you get your next fill of kingdom hearts like but, that means like that means that means that means no news but, no interviews but at, no at the point that it happens though you would get a lot of stuff like it would be it would be a big deal like it you know you'd get a ton of stuff in that year it would be a major year you know like at E3, like the focus would all be about Kingdom Hearts. Like, you know, you could assume that, you know, other titles are doing similar things. Like maybe last year was Final Fantasy VII's year and next year is going to be Final Fantasy XVI's year. But this year, this is Kingdom Hearts years, Kingdom Hearts year. And as far as Square Enix is concerned, this is the big thing. This is their big title that they're going to focus all their budget on marketing-wise. This is the big thing. Anything that you hear about of the other titles, it's just what they were able to throw together. But this year, it's all about Kingdom Hearts. Like, could you imagine something like that? Because to me, what that feels like is kind of like how Rockstar handled games last generation. Because like, if you remember, Grand Theft Auto 4 came out, I think in 2008. And then, like, the year, the couple years after that, then um, Red Dead Redemption came out. And then after that, it was L.A. Noir, and then Max Payne 3, and then GTA 5. But during those years, when, so, like, when Red Dead Redemption came out, you didn't hear anything about Grand Theft Auto 5. Grand Theft Auto's year was 2008, and that's it. That's all Rockstar would talk about is Grand Theft Auto 4. And then in 2011... All they're going to talk about is Red Dead Redemption. 
this is the year of Red Dead Redemption. And then the next year, this is the year of L.A. Noir. It's the only thing we're talking about. It's L.A. Noir. And, you know, you're talking 2013. This is the year of GTA V. As far as we're concerned, the only game that exists is GTA V. We're going to blow it out. We're going to show so much about GTA V. This is going to be the biggest year for GTA V. And then after that, they move on to their next game. Like, could you imagine Square adopting such a thing? I think, well, I think the main problem stems with Square Enix announcing things too early. Exactly. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Say, for example, if Kingdom Hearts 3 was not announced in 2013... Yeah. Then and instead they would, you know, release something in between, then yeah. I would be fine with it. But since they have a habit of announcing things too early than they should, well, then it makes it kind of hard because then you're anticipating Yeah, that exactly. It's interesting that you point that out cuz something that uh Daryl and I talked about on the uh Final Fantasy 15 Uncovered Reaction uh podcast that we recorded, uh which should release on Sunday. Uh, or should have released already if you're listening to this right now. Uh, something that we brought up is that Kingsglaive was announced within, you know, about three or four months of when it's probably going to release. What if, you know, in this hypothetical business strategy, what if Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced the year it would come out? And all these other properties. And it's announced the year that it comes out, and you don't have all this anticipation and it's boom we've been developing this this whole time it's coming at the end of the year you're also gonna get this movie you're gonna get uh there's gonna be an anime prequel thing and uh there's going to be a cell phone game i don't know something like that like what if it's the year it comes out it's announced at the beginning of the year at the end of the year it's out and they're just going to devote everything to kingdom hearts this year could you imagine something like that? I know it's crazy because like Square's never done anything like that. And I don't know if any game company has done that, which is why I'm so flabbergasted by all the stuff they showed at Uncovered. It is it's like insane. I said, it's a, it's a first. So basically right now we're just going to sit back and see how well it plays so we're out. We're going to have to see how but, it works. But we don't I mean, see the full we don't see the full scope of it because technically speaking, this game, the game part was announced 10 years ago. So it's like, yeah. well, we don't even I, get I to think, see I think that that's, I, I think that's why they they did this because yeah. they knew the fans were waiting this long, so they had yeah. to do something to make up for all those years. So and exactly. hence why we got everything here. See, the main problem with you know Kingdom Hearts two and Kingdom Hearts three is that people say, oh, you know, people have waited, you know, over over ten years now, but people mm-hmm. seem to to mix up waiting for it and being development for. It. Some people think yes. that's been it being in development for since you know Kingdom Hearts Two was out, which wasn't yeah. the case. Not the it's case. only been starting to work on since 2013. Yes. So you know there isn't really a lot for them to really give us per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nomura cannot. You know, I mean, Nomura can choose not to give us back cover or not give us zero point two. You know exactly. You know he could have just said, "Here's just an HD remaster of Kingdom Hearts 3D." You know, that's yeah. it. But like Namara always discussed that he didn't want to release 3D on its own. He needed something to release with it. So yeah. basically putting that package, you know, putting the the remixes together, you know, with games and movies is pretty much almost similar to what on what they did for Final Fantasy fifteen. Just yeah. it's all in, in one game rather than, you know, different formats. So you yes. have, you know, three different games, you know, that cover three different things, you know, just the way it is so exactly it, it was similar it's similar but not the same you know 
So, I mean, because we are getting a demo, you know, like a quote-unquote Kingdom Hearts 3 demo with 0.2. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all getting a, you know, a movie, you know, back cover, and then, yep. we, then we're getting a full game. Exactly. I would say the one thing that I really like that I would appreciate Square trying with maybe Kingdom Hearts or maybe any other of their big titles is something like how they handled Kingsglaive's development and uh, announcement. You know, you're developing this thing in secret and, you know, just out of nowhere, boom. We've been working on this for a long time. It's coming out this year at the end of the year. Get ready for it. This is the see, year of see, this game. See, that's the thing that I one of the things I like about Square Enix is yeah. that they're so good at keeping secrets. You know, well, <laughs> kinda, kinda. kinda. Actually, actually, Kingsglaive was leaked. No one believed it was real, but Kingsglaive was leaked last year, July. I want to say July. And was it? And, but was it by a, Chinese, a third? It was by. A, it was on a Chinese website stating that. Uh, they spoke with animators working at an outsource house. Well, that's uh, that why was it working was working on it. So, well, see, it wasn't Square Enix themselves. So it was an outsource yeah, yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, outsource, it, like, all outsource companies will always leak things. Like, for example, you know, the companies that build the iPhones, they will exactly. always leak out parts that Apple exactly. themselves will not leak. Yeah, so, yeah. What what I'm getting at is not that. Yeah, obviously, Square Enix itself, they're they're not going to leak anything. But when when we're talking about next gen development. And, you know, we're talking about these multi-million dollar projects that are just so expensive that Square Enix themselves cannot make these games themselves anymore. It, it's not even possible. Even Kingdom Hearts 3 is being outsourced to, like, 3D companies in India. Like, Kingdom Hearts is already doing outsourcing, too. So we may see leaks, you know, in the Kingdom Hearts universe, you know, sooner than we think because of this sort of thing. And not only that, you know, 2.8 leaked. Because uh, of a guy posting on LinkedIn, and that's because everybody was searching for news to, for a exactly. And see, yeah. if everybody just you know just went about their day and not really mm-hmm. try to go you know you know nose deep into things like that, then you know we wouldn't know these things, you know. But yeah. it's like you're kind of like ruining it, you know, either for yourself or other people. Some people don't want to be you know, told of these leaks, you know, just like on, exactly. the, on the day of the uncovered event, GameSpot released a video of everything early. Yeah. Without everything. Oops. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, some, some people were telling me, some of my friends were telling me that, Oh, you know, you don't, it, the event's not going to be worth it. You know? Yeah. And I, and he was totally wrong on that. You know, yeah, I, I went for the awesome. experience. Like, I, exactly. I can care less about the release date and, and you know, the, the news of the demo it's like i go to these events for the experience itself so exactly you know it's you know like i said i know a lot of people who are gonna turn you know get off social media once you know the marketing for kingdom Hearts 3 gets pushed out because they don't want to get spoiled so it's you know this it's it's really it's really hard to go about this because there's there's really no perfect way of going through this i mean it's just so it's interesting to see that square is experimenting they're definitely trying something new with final fantasy 15 and it seems like they're doing it with the purposes with and it's what's really really interesting is that two big square enix franchises which i would consider personally rivals Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy XV. They're trying two very different strategies. And they're and I think what's happening here is they're going to see 
which one goes better and whichever one goes better that's the one they're probably going to go with and i think the really interesting thing is so with final fantasy 7 their strategy is sort of like the kingdom hearts strategy we're going to release this thing in episodes and it's going to come out when it comes out maybe not yearly maybe with final fantasy it's every other year final fantasy 7 just because it's such a big game i don't, I don't think i don't know how frequently they want to release them but let's I mean, just say I mean, it's, it's like every next- other year Square Enix has been experimenting the last few years, you know. I mean, I mean, do, I mean, don't you remember when everything used to come out on just Famitsu, Dengeki, you know, IGN, you know, yeah. websites or magazines only? Mm-hmm. You know, now they're getting so in depth with social media, yeah, social media uh, and stuff you know, like that. Yeah, live streamers, YouTubers. Yep. You know, now they're trying to do more than that by releasing, you know, different thing, different things in different formats now you know like they've all they're they're starting to constantly evolve with you know the changing in times um yeah which is kind of neat to see you know um so i mean like i said it'll be nice to see kingdom hearts try it yeah but at the same time you know what they're doing right now it's really it's working for them because we are getting something even if it's just a re you know you know a you know remaster you know it's something each year it's something rather exactly. than nothing because you know like i said you know if, since you used uh, rockstar as an example you know yeah. between gta 4 and gta 5 you know they've all these other you know like i said they don't announce a game they don't i mean they didn't announce you know gta 5 after gta 4 and then yeah you know then talk about you know rdr and la noir you know in between you know it's just like let's concentrate on these getting these games out then we can finally say hey look it's time to announce gta 5 yeah, you so know, I think at, any- at, at the end of the day, the big thing is Square, announce your games a lot closer to when you're actually through with most of the development. Exactly. Because you take a long time. That, because that, then no you matter can what, then, needs to happen. Then you can actually start trying to do these, you know, Final Fantasy XV's business strategy. Then you exactly. can say, oh, here's like a mini movie, here's a mini anime, here's an iOS game, here's, you know, a manga to go with it. I mean, like with the Type Zero HD remaster, they released a manga with the game. Gotcha. You know. All right. So, like, what? So. One last question, and then we'll move on to our question segment. So, if you had to pick between the two, what I'm thinking are the rival strategies. So, let's say hypothetically, the next Kingdom Hearts saga has to follow one of these two strategies: either the Final Fantasy 15 strategy or the Final Fantasy VII strategy. So effectively, either you get the scattershot one like we have with Final Fantasy XV, it's all at once, it's a big multimedia project and it's spread off uh, off of a bunch of different things, or it's the Final Fantasy VII remake strategy where it's one story that is chopped up into different games. So you would play through the, let's say it's three games. You would play the first chapter of Kingdom Hearts IV, in one year and then in like a year maybe a year and a half you'll play chapter two a year year and a half you'll play chapter three and then it's done and each of them end with a cliffhanger which would you pick the the ff7 strategy or the final fantasy 15 strategy which you think would be better so so the would the final fantasy 15 strategy be you're getting all this plus the game releasing the same year or is this like pre-announcement or post-announcement this is this is you announce it well let's assume that that in both cases that they announce it within a reasonable time so uh, remove that variable so let's say they announce it and then like maybe two years from now it's gonna the first thing's gonna come out 
and in the Final Fantasy 15 strategy, but in that year, the entire thing is all at once, but the story is sort of spread across multiple products within that one year. So, so basically or, you would have to, uh, so you'd have to read all the things. You have to consume all of it to get all the story because that's how Final Fantasy 15 is working. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in both cases, you have to consume everything. So either you're consuming everything and it's across, you know, however many different types of things, that's how Final Fantasy 15 is doing it, and it's in one year, or you get it across multiple years, but they're all games, and it's only one game per year, or per year that it releases. But they're in episodes, and it's not the complete story. So... Which, well, you know, you got to pick your poison. Which poison do you pick? God, this is like one of the worst ulti- uh, ultimatums I ever had in my, in my career and in my life. Oh, God. high stick strategy. This is like the final question of who wants to be a millionaire. If you, if you, yeah, if you had to, okay, let's, let's, let's say, imagine someone's pointing a gun to your head and you had to pick one split second. Which, which one's your gut feeling? Which one, which one does your gut say feels better? Not your brain. Good feeling, Final Fantasy 15. All right, so the Final Fantasy 15 strategy, because it's all in one year. What what do you like about that strategy more than the episodic strategy? Is the is it the is it the year thing? It's not. It's it's the same year thing. Plus, I okay. like it when different throw on different like medias. Like okay, like, for example, like like. Like for example, if you want to take the entire Final Fantasy 15 thing, like yeah. I can play the game whenever I want to. Exactly. Then if I if I run, want to dive back, you know, I can go back and watch the anime, or I can go back and watch. If I'm feeling bored one day, I can watch the movie again. Mm-hmm. Or if there's a manga, I can read the manga in my spare time. Exactly. Whereas you know, like the episodic way, you know, that's you know, like I said, playing the game, it's all like, um, like. I would have to, you know, be at home to play the games, you know? Exactly. Like, I can exactly. load the movie onto, like, my iPhone or my iPad and take it with me, you know? Like, at least I have different ways of trying to, you know, keep it in touch with those type of, you know, formats. Whereas, you know what, you know, I, you know what I think is interesting, though? What I think is interesting, and I think we, we, may have, we may have come to something. What I notice is, so you like the Final Fantasy fifteen strategy more, and I think what's interesting is that, I think that would work for a product best, and I think I agree with you. I think Kingdom Hearts would actually work better with the Final Fantasy XV strategy because in the case of Final Fantasy XV, it's not an established thing. So what they're trying to do is sort of lay, I'm going to say, sort of lay traps in different types of media to try to get people to come into the into the series. And with King and with Kingdom Hearts, it's a little bit of a niche product as well, whereas with Final Fantasy VII... Final Fantasy VII is so big that it only needs to come out one place and everybody's going to go there because Final Fantasy VII is already established. It's already a big deal. And I think that's why Final Fantasy XV wouldn't work with that strategy because you're assuming that these people want to continue the games and want to keep the going. Only people, the only people that would want to play Final Fantasy XV are either those... I mean, and they're, they're, and, they're, and they're trying to appeal to not just the diehard Final Fantasy fans. But they want to get the mainstream. To- the mainstreams and the newcomers exactly uh, so, so basically I think... like so like if somebody for example if uh if you're introducing final fantasy 15 to a friend you know you, you can say you oh, could do it through a anime. movie you could do it through you an anime out, yeah you could... or you know you could do it through different you know 
media formats and then once exactly. they get that they'll be like oh what's the next thing i should you know look and into? final fantasy 7 doesn't need that because final fantasy 7 is so big if you don't believe me go watch the e3 2015 conference and all the reactions to it final fantasy 7 doesn't need that final fantasy 15 does and kingdom hearts might benefit from that not only that you know like i said final fantasy 15 has been in development you know for over 10 for 10 plus years now exactly so, so basically, they had they uh, Square Enix has something to prove. They need exactly. to have this game. You know, they need all the attention on it because they need the sales. Yeah. Whereas it. Final Fantasy VII doesn't have anything to prove. It's going to be awesome because it's Final Fantasy VII. Or at exactly. least that's the pub- that's the public perception, at least. And then now that Kingdom Hearts has established itself because it's been out for over for for fourteen years now. Yeah. So they can definitely, um, they could probably, you know. Like I said, they they could try the uh, Final Fantasy 15 way only if it's a new saga. Like if they completely, yeah. I don't I don't I don't want to use the word term reboot, but if Nomura has something you know new planned for them, then then they could probably try to bring more people in to exactly Kingdom Hearts. So I think that was a good discussion. So let's move on to our question segment. And just as always, if you guys want your questions featured on the show, or if you guys have an idea for a featured discussion, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. Our first question comes from Chris Pargalati. Or Chris Par... Yeah, Pigs Pargaliti. Chris Pargaliti. And Chris asks... Uh, with the sad passing of Leonard Nimoy and Chikao Otsuka, who, who voiced Ma- who voiced Master Xehanort, how will this affect Kingdom Hearts Three? I personally don't think there's a suitable actor to fill the role, and it pains me to say that this will make what is a major part in the Xehanort story not complete. You think? That do you think that clever story writing to make him less prominent will be needed, or should they just find a replacement? More likely, mm. they're gonna go replacement because yeah. you can't build up the main villain and then write him less prominent. It's going yeah. backwards. Yeah, you know, like unless you know, unless they do a plot twist where you know, say for example, you know, Bray kills Xehanort and he assumes you know whatever plan he was doing. Yeah. You know? That to me, that would feel like a bad cop out. Like, yeah, exactly. Because really. like, like the Xehanort's always been so mysterious since mm-hmm. the beginning. Just to have him be killed off like that, you know, especially consider like they've they've out. literally released four games over the past decade, literally ten years, four games to set up this one villain. Yes, and they, Nomura can, himself calls it, it. Nomura calls this, you know, the the current games, the Xehanort saga. Why would exactly. he go that far to call it the Xehanort saga? Yeah. If you so, know, he's going to be taken out in that type of way. You I know, think it, it's it, it too, pains me it pains we, me to say too deep into it. Yeah, it pains me to say that, you know, not a lot of people would want a replacement, but you know, you're that's the way the business runs, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. For any actor, voice actor, musician, you know, there's always going to be a replacement, you know, like with, you know, um Richard Ip- uh Richard Richard Ipcar. Mhm. When he, you know, I mean, like I said, they never brought back Bailey Zane, so they used exactly. him now, you know. So you know, they'll find someone. It, they'll, they'll always find someone. You know, even though it may not be the same. You know, it's you know gonna have to be that way. You know, it's, yeah. Um, it, 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 considering this is a game and the game uses voices, you know, they can probably find somebody who can find something similar. It won't be the same, but it'll be yeah. similar. 
Or, or you could have it so, oops, uh, Xehanort was in a horrible car accident, and now he speaks with a text-to-speech app <laughs> on his phone. So it's like, hello, I am Master Xehanort. I am here to destroy the world. <laughs> and and some some movies, like, do a clever way of, you know, explaining. Like, um, yeah. for example, um, The Matrix, when yes. one of the main actresses died... During the filming of the trilogy, they replaced mm-hmm. it with a you know a close friend of hers, and they actually in the movie explained why her appearance looks different. Exactly, you know, you know they can they can use things to you know make it seem why it's changed. You know it's you know they could it's not like you know they're stuck in a hole. No, yeah, you know they they have so they to could do be that, prepared but... for things. Sometimes voice actors can you know be unhappy and just you know stop. You know, and quit, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know. So which do you think would be more preferable? Would it be to do, to write it out some some way like that where, oh, you know, uh, Zehanort absorbed, uh, you know, X character and now he's youthful. So we can now use whoever voices Ansem. You know, could you, do you think that would be preferable or should Xehanort stay exactly how he is? Let's just, you know, move on and get a, get a new voice actor for both of the, for both Japanese and English. And we'll just do it as if, as if nothing happened. And, you know, we'll do the story as normal. Uh, I would, I would do, um, the, the, I think the latter. Yeah. Where it's, so uh, just keep just, the story as just it keep is. Just keep the story as it is because, like I said, you can't, they're too, like you said, they're too knee deep in this. Exactly. They can't go back. If this was like not that that far into the series, maybe they could. Maybe it would be better to rewrite it because you know you don't have that much invested into it. But literally, there's been a decade of games worth of Kingdom Hearts games that have been building up to this. It's too far. It's, it's just like when Wayne Allwine passed away. You know exactly. It's, you know they they had to find another. You can't, another, you can't write out Mickey out of the series. They're yeah. He's too important. Yeah. So. so they had to find. You know they, they Disney actually. You know they selected somebody who. Yeah. You know could do Mickey's voice. You know exactly. It's, it's just the same thing with with uh, you know Leonard Nimoy and Chikao Utsuka. You know it's they they're gonna have to probably have additions auditions to somebody who can probably get as close as possible yeah you know, exactly all, uh, like unfortunately like as i said before you know it's the way the business runs you know life keeps going on you know and the then, show the, the, must the, go on yeah and i'm pretty sure they would want it that way too exactly you know? so i mean it's not like we're totally disrespecting them i mean they're gonna you know, i mean we still cherish and honor their memory by playing these games you know and they're still going to have you know a loving memory at the end you know we still appreciate what they've given us it's not like we're just absolutely replacing them and then forgetting about them no it's nothing like that yeah exactly so i think that pretty well answers that question sure i'll we take this next one all right and this last one is by daniel raff and he writes okay here's my last question we saw a man in traverse town and kh1 turned to a soldier which is an em- emblem heartless. Terra Xehanort first created emblem heartless using a machine, but it's shown with the man in Traverse Town that people can become emblems when their heart falls to darkness. Since this is so, then how come no emblem heartless existed before Terra Xehanort created them? If people can become them without the use of that machine, then how come none of them existed before? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a really tough one. I picked it on purpose because it, it, it was so tough. To me, to me, I just find I, I, it, it could be like an error. Like a... Exactly. That's the only reasonable answer that I could possibly give is that, look, at the time, Nomura maybe didn't consider it. But I will say the concept of Emblem Heartless was in Kingdom Hearts 1. Like, it's not a, it's not one of those retcons where, uh, you know, in Kingdom Hearts 1, you know, they didn't really consider the way Emblem Heartless work, but no, in Kingdom Hearts 1, they considered it, it's, it's in one of the Ansem reports, like, it's real straightforward, so I'm guessing, this is the only way I can explain it, is that that machine, uh, somehow tampered with not only cre- it, it not only created heartless but also changed the way heartless manifested themselves and maybe that would also explain how even with hollow bastion in that horrible state of disrepair how you have so many emblem heartless in the world maybe there's just you know maybe you could say that there's so many emblem heartless out in the out in the universe that even at max capacity that machine could not output that many so maybe they somehow find a, found a way to propagate and just the way that heartless are made sometimes you might end up an emblem heartless but at least in the case of Sora when he you know sacrificed himself he became a shadow and uh you know as far as we know that's that's what's supposed to happen but Maybe sometimes you become an emblem heartless because, you know, the way that machine works, it messes with how heartless are created just in general, even in the universe. What I'm getting at is, yeah, it's super inconsistent. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> just was... guessing. I'm just guessing. My guess is that it's just an error in animation the way they did it. Yeah, because, they just they because picked like, the wrong heartless. And I, that or they, because, you know, that was the first time we ever got introduced to a soldier heartless. So I'm guessing exactly. that they just did it to introduce he just a wanted to int- heartless. He just wanted to introduce a soldier heartless. But yeah, is I would say that's probably an inconsistency. But you could. I could imagine Nomura coming with it up, up with an explanation like I gave just to sort of explain it away. Uh, Nomura's not unique in, com- you know, accidentally doing these sorts of things. Uh, Hideo Kojima was famous for coming, you know, creating all these uh, plot holes in his games. And then in later games, he would uh, write a line of dialogue or a codec conversation with a friend, and that would explain it away. Like how or George uh, Lucas with Star Wars or George Lucas with Star Wars. In the case of Kojima, for example, in uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, uh, Dr. Clark, who is the uh, head of the Les Enfants Terribles project, uh, is referred to as a man. And it is later revealed in Metal Gear Solid 4 that uh, uh, Dr. Clark is actually paramedic from, from Metal Gear Solid 3. And paramedic is a woman. So why is it that in, uh, you know, MGS1, Dr. Clark is referred to as a he? And then in Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, there's a codec conversation with Huey where it's like, oh, uh, Dr. Clark, it's a he, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but I've never really met Dr. Clark. Oh, well, uh, uh, could Dr. Clark maybe be a woman? You don't know that. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I've never really seen him or her. Hmm, I guess it could be a woman. And that and that's how that's that's literally how Kojima explained it is he made another game and explained it there. So I can imagine Nomura doing the same kind of thing. So yeah. I think that pretty much 
wraps up our uh, question segment. For our music for this episode, we have an awesome cover of Simple and Clean. It's also got a little bit of Hikari in it as well. This cover comes from uh, Varian, who, from what I understand, did the instrumental, which is super awesome, and Miyoki, who does the vocals, and she's got a lovely voice. Uh, And you can find uh, this on YouTube. Uh, uh, just search for Varian. Uh, you'll find it on YouTube. This is Simple and Clean. It's a cover by Varian and Miyoki. The next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 19th of April. And the next Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream is this Saturday, April 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So be there or be Square Enix. And uh, also go to, uh, yeah, if you want to go see it, go to http colon slash slash twitch tv slash khunion. So twitch.tv slash khunion. Go there, follow us so you're notified when we go live. And as always, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we are number one. Yay. And of course, you can catch every episode at kingdomheartsunion.com, youtube.com slash khunionvids, or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at khultimania. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. If you like what you what we do and you want us to get better, you want us to do new stuff, please help us out. We really appreciate it. So please go to patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you want to be a part of the show in the form of your ideas fueling what we talk about, send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl. It's that time again. It's goodbye time. Oh, man. Oh, man. We had, we had some good discussions. It was a good discussion. Stuff. Thank you, Final Fantasy XV's Uncovered event, for making it easier to talk about Kingdom Hearts, because there's not that much Kingdom Hearts news. No. Oh, not until E3, God. though, because E3, yeah, E3 I have about... a feeling. I have a feeling. I got a feeling, too. Two months, I feel, guys. I've, Two got, months. I've, I've got an itch between, between my toes. That Whenever I get that itch, guys, that's how I know. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Union on the Kingdom Hearts news on the horizon. I feel it between my toes, you know. I just made that up right now, but yeah, no, right. I, I feel it though. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it in my bones. I come feel on, it's come on. It's, 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 it's E3, dude. Come on, it's we E3. all know that. Exactly. We all know that. So let's let's have hope. And also, don't worry, guys. You guys can always talk to us anytime. You can go to our live stream this Saturday twitch tv slash khunion where we talk about kingdom hearts all the time doesn't matter if there's news and we always have this podcast every two weeks so don't worry guys even if square enix's marketing department lets you down don't worry kingdom hearts union's not gonna let you down we're always gonna be there for you on a regular basis and you can contact us on twitter too exactly at khunion is our twitter um i'm at underscore brandon underscore b-r-a-n-d-e-n and churro what are you i am on twitter which is C-H-U-R-R-O-Z. So yeah. Z as so in zebra. Z as in zebra. And Z as in Xehanort. Oh, wait, no. That's an X. <laughs> <laughs> Same sound, though. But anyway, so that's that's our show today, guys. I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Bye, guys. Thank mm-hmm. you.